I'm sure celebrities text you and they say or DM you and say, hey, I'm agreeing with you, but please don't tell anybody we're on the same page, but I can't because it's going to risk my da-da-da-da-da. There's been a few of those. First time I was on your podcast, a guy called me from Hollywood. He says, hey, I just want to let you know the idea you were pitching to Joe that, you know, what if he starts a social media company and then you're like, I have no interest. I don't want to do that. I don't know if you remember last time when yeah. we talked about it. Like, well, I have the idea. Like I said, man, you know, what, what you want to do, you need Joe if what you want to do that. But the point is when those guys flip, that's problematic. Well, I think they're flipping. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I think the overwhelming evidence that we've been fucked with, like just the lab leak thing, just that alone, when you see the gain of function emails that Fauci was sending to those other scientists and that there's there's some clear collusion to try to distort the narrative, that's scary shit. And when, you know, if you have a child that got vaccine injured and you worry that your child has myocarditis now yeah. and their lifespan is shortened, they might be dead in 10 years. Yeah. That's fucking terrifying. Everybody you speak to from Vivek's camp, RFK's camp, Trump's camp, like this, they get back to you. They'll just get back to you. Here's what's going on. Here's where we are. Every time you try to get a hold of anybody from DeSantis's camp, good luck. And by the way, it doesn't matter if it's like, you know, uh, we go and we meet with them in uh, uh, Tallahassee. I sit down and I meet him and his wife, Casey, rock star, Casey, something else. And DeSantis is a genius when it comes down to policies and all that stuff, but maybe not a marketer. Whether it's Christina, whether it's this other guy calls me the other day saying, hey, they're telling me you're having a hard time getting a hold of us. I said, no, no, we're not having a hard time getting a hold of anybody. You guys call, but you never call back afterwards about doing something together. So then that gets me to think now all the interviews that he's doing with people, the first question everyone's asking is, why do you think your rating so low? Why do you think you had to do this? Why do you think you had to do that? I think their marketing mistake was big, not coming out the gates early on. And they're suffering the consequences because yes or no answer the question he doesn't want to answer constantly. You got to understand this country. And this is what I mean about how we're all fucked over. Anyone who has effectively preached us all getting together on a human level has been shot. Malcolm X, when he was saying white devil, blue eyed devil, Crackers separate. He was living a wonderful, wonderful life. When he saw a different thing when he went to Mecca, came back home and said, man, I got to rethink what I've been saying. He got killed because Gandhi got killed. Jesus got killed. JFK galvanized races. Mm -hmm. People who galvanize races, man, uh -huh. they get killed uh -huh. because it's not in the best interest for this country, for the people who, who RIP race pray. Anytime you throw your weight behind the political party that controls two-thirds of the government and that Democrats. party can't keep the promise that it made to you during election time and you are dumb enough to walk around continuing to identify yourself with Democrats. that party, you are not only a chump, but you're a traitor to your race. Michael X said it, not me. I'm just saying.
is a disclaimer. The Crimson Capsule Chapel is a podcast about awareness and self-development. Do not listen if you are weak-minded and easily offended. This podcast is from a red pill perspective. We go hard on 304 so you can understand their nature. Again, listen at your own discretion. Thank you and enjoy. Jersey Judah, back, another episode, another edition, the Crimson Capsule Chapel, all right? All right. So, I didn't get a chance to record anything technically yesterday. I think I uploaded something yesterday morning from the previous night which would have been Tuesday or Wednesday. My bad. Now it is Friday and I am here, right? Didn't get a chance briefly because I don't want to get myself into any trouble, but I had a, a meeting yesterday. And the funny thing about the podcast is I talk about bits and pieces of my personal life that I probably shouldn't talk about but I literally can give two shits. So I talked about this on Tuesday about I'm doing, um, I'm, I'm floor scrubbing, right? And this guy, or better yet, the boss tells this guy to come in and check over my work. And I'm not going to lie, I've, I've took offense to it. And I told him that I took offense to that. But apparently, one of these uh, co-workers of mine said that, oh, man, he was just outrageous. He was just yelling at everybody, saying this and saying that. And people that know me personally, I rarely yell, if anything. But I had this work meeting. It was funny because I was doing an episode on break like I usually do. And here comes my boss out of nowhere. He's like, oh, well, we got this uh, meeting. There was an incident that took place Tuesday. As soon as he said that, I just laughed. I'm like, all right, let's get this over with because I really don't care. And I told him about the situation, told him everything about the situation. And I said, whatever y'all decide to do, y'all decide to do. I'm not kissing nobody's ass. I'm just not. And, you know, whatever, however people feel about it is however they feel about it. And that, that pretty much fucked my day up yesterday when it came to recording I didn't, I don't have any weed. I'm lucky to have a pack of cigarettes. I have no money. Um, my car is currently nine miles until empty. So as you know, this won't be a long episode, uh, but I'm still going to do an episode, you know, sober. Um, and I guess these people had tried to like, you know, scare me like, oh, well, we can't we're, we're going to have to speak about this situation later. I'm like, all right, you do that. I like at, at this point, November, November will be two years since I worked here. Realizing the money that I'm getting is only, it's the only thing that I wouldn't even say I'm fearful of losing my job over. I just have bills. I have payments. So if I lose a job over this, I mean, I can, Honestly, the situation fucked up, but I can really care less. I don't regret. I told him I don't regret what I said. 
because that's how I felt. Can't you can't expect me to apologize for something that I meant to say? It's just whoever took it the wrong way, they took it the wrong way. I don't give a fuck. But that was my exciting workday. My Friday was yesterday. Today is actually Friday. And today feels more like a Sunday because it's a situation where I have no money, right? I'm just barely getting through. And then I got this bullshit to deal with. But anyway, as promised, I'm going to talk about this whole uh, the situation that I wanted to go over for a while now. And it was hard to find the clip for some reason. But it was uh, Anthony Cumia on Joe Rogan's podcast. I don't know how these people. It's like you back up enough so that other people can easily park and they don't know how to drive. Everybody on this fucking street has a fucked up vehicle from from them. Nobody went and hit their vehicle. They hit other people's vehicles because they can't even park. But anyway, there's an um, interview that Anthony Cumia did with Joe Rogan. And this was around, I'm going to have to say 2017 or 2016, if I'm not mistaken. And this whole interview was really about um, Anthony Cumia's situation, him at Times Square, the black woman who felt that she was photographed. Anthony losing his job for it. Not, well... Let's be real. He didn't lose his job for that situation. He lost his job for how he handled the situation in which the situation happened. He was assaulted by the woman. He was threatened to be jumped by other black guys that was there. So he went he went home. He went on Twitter and expressed himself and expressed the situation. Now, to some people, they find it offensive. I don't. I mean, let's be honest. If a white guy, if a white person, innocent white person is walking into a black neighborhood and these niggas see this white guy and go, oh, this is a come up. We're going to rob him. We're going to beat him up. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. How the fuck do you expect that white person to feel about black people from that day forward? Did you guys ever do, do y'all ever even think about that? Like, I'm black. If I walk into a white neighborhood and I get eyed down by every white person looking at me as if I don't belong there. How the fuck you think I'm going to feel about white people? Let's be let's be real. But the real reason, and I've came to this conclusion long time ago, because I I've been listening to Opie and Anthony for a while now. Um, I'm not a long a lifelong supporter, but I've caught up to most of their episodes from the year uh, 2015 to now. And it's funny because now, like even when I'm at the job or when I'm walking or when I'm doing whatever, I would listen to a lot of their older shit. Opie and Anthony from 1998, 1999, um, the WNEW days, all that shit. Free FM days, syndicated radio days, XM satellite days, serious satellite days. All I've, I pretty much caught up. And I came to the conclusion that Anthony Cumia didn't get really, he got fired because Opie wasn't willing to stick up for him. Opie had a lot of pull during those days, right? Opie could at least, Opie could have very well have said, hey, I mean, he said and done a lot worse. This isn't bad. You know, we should, 
at least uh, suspend him for a little bit and then let him come back. But Obi didn't do that. And Jim Norton, Jim Norton couldn't do that because Jim Norton didn't have the authority to do that. And we all know that everybody wanted, people who are aware of what I'm talking about, everyone wanted to see an Anthony Cumia and Jim Norton show. They were kind of, they weren't tired of Anthony within Opie and Anthony. They were tired of Opie and Anthony from the direction of Opie. So we're going to see why that dynamic, I would say a duo, but it was a trio with Jim Norton, who in a lot of ways made the show more edgy in a way, right? Made the show, made the show, uh, kind of revitalized the show. And guys like Patrice O'Neill, he did, he died 2011. He was also a huge part of the show, but just to see how things are today, where you would think, well, Opie got rid of Anthony. Well, not not really in that sense, but you know, y'all know what I mean. Because he didn't really stand up for him, so he was pretty much a part of uh, Anthony Cumia losing his job. Anthony Cumia had Compound Media and was pretty much working on that, like, I think three or four years before the situation happened. So he already, he already made a... a uh, he already made his, his nest for if things go awry, and which when it did... He just started Compound Media and it kind of blew up because people always said that Anthony Cumia was the act of the operation. And some people would say Greg Opie Hughes was the brains of the operation. Well, if that's the case. Where is Opie now? You know, he's doing little radio shows and shit on Facebook Live. The shit I used to do. I'm a bum. I have no recognition. He's doing that today. And he was a guy who's probably still a millionaire today, has all the money, has the wife, has the kids, but he's the miserable one. Then you got Anthony Cumia, longtime bachelor, right? <laughs> has a well, he did have the uh, he did have the the mansion. I think he moved to South Carolina, I believe. But he's the one that's doing good. And Jim Norton was always going to do good because he's a comedian. He's a stand-up comic. He's a good stand-up comic. And he did shit for UFC. So I want to jump into that. We're going to jump into this quickly. We're going to get through this uh, whole video, but then I'm going to wrap this up before I officially run out of gas. (laughs) Yeah, I am struggling, 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 struggling. I'm figuring with how this fucking pay cycle with these fucking checks is fucking stupid. They don't tell you. They tell you, well, around the 15th and the 30th, you should get something. And But then I checked because it's just a weird situation. So I'm I'm probably getting something tonight. I'm hoping I'm getting some sort of money tonight because I need to put gas in my car. I got to pay some bills. I got to hit the dispensary. But even when that happens, right, like I, I, I've talked about this before. Like when my money drops, it's at like six fifteen, six ten or six fifteen p.m. 
So it's like the dispensary closes around my way at seven. And if I miss that, then I have to drive like 30 or 40 minutes to go to another dispensary, which isn't that far, but it's a pain. I just hope I get some type of uh, money today. That would be nice. It would definitely boost up my morale. And just to let y'all know quickly, like I was so burnt out yesterday. It was the mixture of the work, the work meeting, the stupid ass work meeting. And like last night was weird because I had no more. I had no weed. I was trying to play video games. I'm like, I don't feel like doing this. Right. I don't even really watch TV. I just go on my my laptop and go on YouTube. If I'm feeling fancy, I'll connect my um, my phone on YouTube or my computer on YouTube to my television. I did that for a bit. I watched like a couple of old Stern, Artie, um, Artie Lang clips, and then I just I slept at 10 p.m. I woke up this morning at 8:30 in the morning. Because technically, I was just sleep deprived throughout the week. I would get maybe four hours here, five hours there. If I'm lucky on a random like weekday, I'll get eight hours. But I think I had like a total of, I think I had like a total of 14 hours altogether the past four days, <laughs> the past four fucking days. So last night, I just died. I died temporarily. Woke up. Did a few things, and now here I am. All right? So we got Anthony Cumia reflects on the Opie and Anthony show. Let's get it. The Joe Rogan experience. We were talking before this uh, podcast. And, of course, it goes without saying. Shout out to Joe Rogan. Started that you, when you left Opie and Anthony, you went and decided to do your own thing behind a paywall. Yeah. So you are, you're, like, in this position you're sort of uncancelable there's you don't have all the trappings that everybody else has in terms of like sponsors and yeah. people coming after you you just have subscribers yeah this was a, a conscious decision because uh, I saw it coming a while ago the uh, what they call what did I say so three years so like I said this guy and man look man I, I don't I'm not a huge fan of Howard Stern as a person, but more as a entity, meaning everything that's involved. Well, most of the things that are involved with the Howard Stern show, I think is pretty funny besides Howard Stern. I know that sounds fucked up, but I'm just being honest. But Howard Stern was never that guy to be the comedian. He was a radio personality. There's very few people that can joke around about things, do some impersonations and, and still keep the show flowing and still have that natural ability to make people laugh. Anthony Cumia is one of those people. Compound Media was it still is like for him, it has to be a dream come true because here you got a person who's kind of been I don't want to say shelved because he's always been a name. But he's always been a name besides Opie. And in my opinion, Opie's just not entertaining like that. That's like, you know, you never outshine your master, right? Uh, 48 Laws of Power, you never outshine your master. Um, that's what Anthony Cumia did from the beginning. He outshined Opie. 
And if you've if you've listened to the Opie and Anthony show like I have, you can see sort of the jealousy. You can see sort of the animosity between the two. And it wasn't really from Anthony. Anthony was just like this. And the reason why I respect guys like Anthony Cumia was he was uh, was he doing insulation or he was doing a lot of he was doing blue collar work. And I've talked about reading his book, uh, Permanently Suspended, which I think is a good book. He was talking about how he would wake up in the morning, he'd get ready for work, he'd put on Howard Stern and take his drive, and he would envision himself being on that platform, not necessarily with Stern, but being in that spotlight, but still having to go to work, still having to do what you got to do. And I, I find it, this fucking idiot, I find it relatable. You don't really hear, and that's the funny thing, you don't necessarily hear about um, Opie's upbringing at all, really, bits and pieces, but you hear a lot about Anthony, and Anthony was more open and honest about the things that went on in his life, and I think people relate to that, people resonate with that. Opie, there's not many people that resonate with Greg Opie Hughes. It's no disrespect. He just doesn't have that appeal. Cancel culture. Well, thing. you guys get hit with it first. Yeah. Out of all the people that I've ever heard of, because when you guys had that homeless person on who said he wanted to, what do you say, want to rape Condoleezza Rice? Condoleezza Rice and the Queen of England, yeah. the First Lady. I, I gotta, I gotta say something <laughs> about that though. We had just gotten to satellite radio from FM radio, yeah. and to us, this was like, all right, it opens up a whole new world of what we can do. So I thought, what, what better place? And quickly, back in those days, XM and Sirius were like. A person who's edgy, and when I say edgy, I don't mean it in a cringy way. I mean, someone like me would, who would be considered edgy, meaning I talk about shit that I want to talk about the way that I want to talk about it. XM Satellite Radio is like a dream for people like me. Like, yo, you're putting me back in the day. Of course, it's different today. You're putting me on a platform where I can pretty much say whatever the fuck I want. Really? All right. And that's 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 Opie and Anthony's reaction. We gonna do a whole bunch of crazy shit, and then <laughs> XM and Sirius goes, "Well, we don't want you to do all that, but y'all can do whatever you want, but we don't want you to do that." And this whole "do as I say, not as I do" sort of way of looking at things. The whole battle, and it was a battle of popularity between Stern and Opie and Anthony. And I've heard back and forth from both sides. It's funny when you listen to both sides talk about one another. Anthony was kind of just like, all right, whatever happens, fuck it. If he's talking about us and fuck it, we'll talk about them. If they're not talking about us, then we're not going to talk about them. But even when Anthony says we're not going to talk about them, Opie brings up Howard Stern anyway. So Opie was jealous. And it's just my opinion. I don't think like. Anthony Cumia have already talked about in his book how he used to listen to Stern every day before going to work. I'm sure there wasn't animosity like that. But what happened was, you know, Howard Stern are like, yo, who are these two guys? 
jockeying for my position. And that's how the war started. It wasn't like niggas was meeting in the parking lot fighting. It was just radio shit. It was good. To just showcase a homeless person. Let's see what rantings and ramblings come out of a homeless person's yeah. mind. So bring him up in the studio, put him in front of a mic, and let him go off. It's satellite. It's yeah. not, no FCC rules and regs. And the guy starts talking about crazy stuff and, and raping political figures and uh, <laughs> the Queen of England. And we think it's hilarious. Because you're getting that insight. You're getting into the mind of a, a crazy homeless guy on the street. And it, the shit hits the fan. Oh, my God. Condoleezza Rice that brings the sex thing in and the race thing and all that. And they lost their mind. And we were like, oh, shit, we're getting fired again? Like, we're going to get fired for this. <laughs> you didn't get fired, but you guys no. got suspended for yeah. For how long? We got suspended for, uh, I think it was a month. I think that was a month suspension from satellite radio, but mm. we were still at K-Rock in New York yeah. doing that show in the morning because we used to do both. Yeah, we used to go across with the microphones. Yeah, I did yeah. that with you guys. We did the walkover. terrestrial, and then we would, we would broadcast live as we were walking down New York City with mics. Now, this should tell you how things have changed drastically. Joe Rogan at that time was just Joe Rogan. He was the comedian. I think he did. He started doing the UFC thing. And so he became really popular with that. But he was still a, a, a comedian. He would go on Opie and Anthony's radio show. I think Joe Rogan is going to say it in this clip, but I doubt he will. But Joe Rogan gave Anthony Cumia all the credit for pretty much giving him the influence to do what he's doing today. You guys know who Joe Rogan is, right? <laughs> you, you guys do understand who Joe Rogan is, right? So that should kind of tell you how big Opie and Anthony was at that particular time. Yeah. Comics, and we would go to the other studio. Yeah, we would do things uh, occasionally, like Rich Voss would go into a diner or something mm -hmm. and just start doing stand up yes. in front of the customers. <laughs> cringe, it was hilarious. Cringe stand up. Cringe stand up. <laughs> These people don't know what's happening, and stupid big club soda <laughs> Kenny would announce them. Ladies and gentlemen, they're looking like they're, you know, it's going to be like a mass shooting is going to start. And uh, it was hilarious. You oh, guys were the God. birth of podcasts. There it is. It was a podcast. There it is. There it is. He didn't even have to say anything else. That's a, that's that's exactly what these people were. Fucking pioneers. I'm not kissing ass at all. There, I I can guarantee you, I'll never meet Joe Rogan. I'll never meet Amphi Kumia. I don't want to meet uh, Opie. I would just walk right by him. Like who the fuck is this guy? He looks like a homeless man. But. That's that's stamped. That's that's cert that's verified. They've single-handedly been a part. Not they didn't necessarily create the podcast because the podcast was already a thing, but they created the boundaries or lack thereof to be successful, just like how Joe Rogan is today. Let's continue on the radio. Yeah. We didn't know it at the time. We didn't know what Nobody a knew what a podcast, podcast was. was, but it was a bunch of guys 
that you find funny, you like hanging out with, yeah. talking about anything. And that seems to be what the formula is, yeah. But you guys figured it out first because every other radio show that I did, like if I did Stern or anything else you did, it was very formatted. Regimented, like, yeah, yeah time. Like he had some things he wanted to talk. He wanted to talk to me about Fear Factor. He wanted to talk to me about the UFC and yeah. questions about this. And, you know, it's always like, and then you have a call in and then you have celebrity guests. And he, he had it all like very smooth. You guys would just bring a bunch of people in. Yeah. And then Patrice would start talking and Burr would start talking oh. and Ari would start talking. And it was just chaos. Dude. And we were all we're just having fun. Just having fun. Yeah. Yeah. When you have a room of those guys, Nick DiPaolo and Patrice, God rest his soul, Norton. and Bill Burr, <laughs> Norton, uh, all these guys, Colin Quinn, they're all in a room. You can't lose. Right. Like, like yeah. As yeah, and like that's something that I feel Stern, and it's not that I feel Stern was copying. I think when Stern hired... Artie Lang, for example, he was kind of going for that same thing. I think the issue was, and I think it's really just funny how things work out. The issue to me was a lot of people that are fans of Artie Lang, like me, I would only watch Stern when I know Artie Lang was on, was on. That's that's how. And. <clears throat> With Opie and Anthony, I wasn't a fan of all the comics that were on there, but I was a fan of enough comics that were on. And it's funny how radio sort of spotlights comedians because it, the format of radio and being a comedian is two different things. When you're a comedian, it's jokes, 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 jokes. You have a format. You have a way of opening jokes. You have a way of closing with jokes. Well, radio, it's like you can't just joke around on radio. You gotta, you kind of have to have some structure. Opie and Anthony was like, fuck that shit. What are we talking about today? We want to talk about this? No, we'll talk about this. That's kind of where I got my influence from. It's just not, it's, it's about being organized. Don't get me wrong, but kind of still, you know, being spontaneous. And I think those guys were kings of that. All these fucking comedians that would come on and they're brutal. They were roasting each other before motherfuckers today were roasting each other. They were brutal. And going back to Opie, Opie can dish out criticism. <clears throat> and it's funny. I said this at this work meeting, right? I told I told these guys, it's funny how people can just sit back and dish out criticism. But then if that same criticism comes back to them, they freak out. It's like, why, why freak out? You're dishing out the criticism. And so Opie would, would, would try to throw little jabs and shit at comedians and they would annihilate him to a point where Opie would want to leave. That's how bad it gotten. People will hear it and say, holy shit, that was one of the funniest shows. And it's like, what show? The Opie and Anthony show. So yeah. people remember the name of the show. Yeah. But all these other guys are delivering this amazing, funny comedy. Uh, so it worked that way. And we, we embraced that and just started bringing. Also, business wise, genius, right? You got a com you got a comedian, a stand up comic who's already funny. Hey, let's put him on radio. Let's see how that works. And then look what happens. It's a marketing scheme. So I, I know a little bit about business. By Opie and Anthony having a, a comic, a stand up comedian 
on the show, that boosts up their ratings. And everybody who's a fan of Opie and Anthony goes, wow, I never heard this guy. This guy's funny. Maybe I should check out his show. Maybe I should check out his event. It works both ways. Like, it, the shit that these motherfuckers were doing, they deserve a statue. At least Anthony Cumia deserves a statue. I don't know about Opie. They, did they do it? They did a statue for Patrice O'Neill, I think, which is gangster. Shout out, rest in peace to uh, Patrice O'Neill. One of my favorite, funniest guys in stand up, in my opinion. It's comics uh, back on in different combinations, because you know better than anyone, some of the funniest stuff you'll ever hear are guys shitting on each other. Bingo, yeah. roasting. And, and, and when someone was in, we called it being in the barrel. You know, you, And that could consist of wearing a shirt. <laughs> you come in wearing a shirt, and Patrice goes, what the fuck, what kind of shirt is that? <laughs> and now everyone's on your shirt. Yes. Now you're sitting there going, you're looking at all the comics going, what can I use to get this off me? <laughs> so you'd have to shit on Voss's teeth or, you right. know. The, always. So so it was this constant battle to get the shit off of you. Yeah. And it was funny every fucking time. And you guys were so great at letting the comics just go wild and yeah, not putting yeah. any restrictions on anybody and not try to control the conversation. Just let it have fun. Just let it breathe. Yep. A lot of shows, yeah. a lot of hosts. And this is something you do that is fantastic and rare in the business. Let your guests talk. Let them, and if you have a guest, a room full of guests, let them have fun. If if you hear... And the, the greatest thing about this particular interview, and I've always given praise to Anthony Cumia when he interviews people, like, he, he could have went either way. That's, that's the type of people. He could have went straight into information. He could have went straight into news, pretty much. Or he can goof around. But his interviewing skills are just as good as Joe Rogan. If not, they're on the same level. Funny shit going on. A lot of people, their ego gets in the way. Uh And they feel, hey, it's my show. My name's on the marquee. I have to jump in and say something. If something funny's happening, back off. Leave it the fuck alone. It's it's going to be great. People are going to love it. And they're going to go, oh, that was on the Opie and Anthony show. So it doesn't really matter who's saying it. Yeah, you guys had figured it out. It really yeah. is the birth of podcasts. And I, I learned a lot from doing that show. And I also learned that I wanted to do it because I, yeah, when I would do your show, I was like, God, I want to do a show like this. I want to do something like this because it was, it was, you know, when I did regular radio, if I did on tour, I would say, oh, that may be fun to do a regular radio show. But then I would be like, they will never hire me. I will say something <laughs> stupid. I'll get fired. This is yeah. not going to work out for me. But I do your show and I'd be like, huh. I'm like, this is this. I can. I no, think I can this, do this. I think I can. I think do. I can do this. I was paranoid because I never went to school for radio. I was in construction for until my early to mid thirties, dude. Yeah. I got into radio late, and my impression was another another extraordinary fact. On top of him being just a blue collar worker, he got noticed that in his thirties. I wish I could get noticed in my thirties. I'm telling you now. I'm. 34 i'll be 35 in a month so you know time is running it out you know what i mean but it kind of just shows you like how against all odds comedy and entertainment is just that it, it can be a 70 year old person if they're funny people are gonna say he's funny but i guess i don't know that whole 
that whole situation, man, is just like if you talk about they were able to make a movie about Howard Stern. Uh, what was it? Private Parts. They need to really make a movie about Opie and Anthony, in my personal opinion. Always, if I didn't know the alloy of the metal in the transmitter antenna, there's no way you're getting into radio. Like, I thought you had to know all the shit that they taught you in radio school. And the fact of the matter was, these jocks were constantly looking for somebody that was entertaining. Yeah. You never realize, I never realized how, how, uh, desperate a lot of these jocks are for somebody that could make people laugh. Uh, well, and someone that, with very interest, in. too. Someone was right. interesting. Who could yeah, talk yeah. about different things. Talk about a lot of different yeah. things. You know, sometimes you gotta talk out your ass like you almost kind of know what it's about. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but this, this, the other thing about like what you guys did was you created a safe place for men. Mm. Like, where you could just be a fucking idiot. One of the last bastions. Of, that's the thing. It's yeah. like, there's a lot of men out there, but there's not a lot of entertainment that's geared towards men. And yeah. one of the things that comes up on my podcast when the advertising people get to talk and they're like, Jesus Christ, he's got like 94% men. Like, what is going <laughs> on here? This is crazy. I'm like, they're not represented. They're not yeah. men. I'm proud to say that my audience is 88% men. And the reason why I say that is I don't aim my content towards women. Now, sure, I, I talk about women. I'm sure women don't like that. Hold on real quick. Too fucking hot, man. It's too hot. I need the air. Not that much air. Jesus Christ, man. It's like 1109, right? It's 1109. It says it's 83 degrees, but it really feels like it's 90. Really, it really feels like it's 90 degrees. But um, one of the one of the things that on top of influencers, there's not many influencers that I have in sen- in, in a sense of, oh, I want to do what they do. And, and it was even with Opie and Anthony, it's just like. I want their format. I don't want, I, I don't even want, I don't want their ingredients. I don't want their recipe, but I, I kind of want their, I want their following. I want scumbags and assholes to listen to me. I don't want nice people to listen to me. I don't consider myself a nice person. And I've said it before. Now, I'm not an evil person. I don't consider myself evil, but I wouldn't go as far as to say that I'm good. I may be for good. You know, information, informing others. Maybe that's the good. But I like to horse around. I like to talk about stupid, goofy shit, just like everybody else. And I think podcasting was just one of those things where I I don't have to stay on one subject. I would like to. I mean, for the subject of this video, sure. But of the podcast, no. And that's why I do things like this every now and then to switch things up. Because I don't want to just talk about the red pill. I don't want to just talk about the manosphere, right? But Joe Rogan, once again, makes another important point. They were, in a lot of ways, the birthplace of the male space, especially when Patrice O'Neill came on and did the Black Phillips show. You listen to manosphere content creators today, most of them will give credit to Patrice O'Neill. 
Patrice O'Neill has nothing to do with the red pill or the manosphere. But before all these things were known, he was talking about, he was talking about bits and pieces of it. It wouldn't have been acceptable on radio radio, but it works for them. Just another example, like <clears throat> they're innovators on so many levels. Not represented. It's like, I don't know what the number is of regular television, but it's not geared towards men. No, not at all. It's There's some, there's like the talk and the view and there's a lot of these shows that are geared towards women. You mean gynocentric? Is that, is that kind of, is that what you want to say? I'll say it for you, Joe. Everything today has became gynocentric. And what happens is a man like myself decides to do a podcast. And let's say the podcast blows up. Fuck 4,000 and something plays. We got over 100,000 and something plays, right? And the people know the format because I've been doing pretty much the same format. I've switched things up a bit. But people already know what the fuck I'm, I'm, I'm talking about with the podcast. If it reaches to a level where people nationally know about me, there's going to be a woman. There's going to be a homosexual. There's going to be a transsexual. There's going to be a lesbian. There's going to be a black woman. There's going to be a black man who's too sensitive or a white person, white liberal. They're all going to be sensitive. Oh, we can't we can't have this on our platform. I can't listen to this. Then, bitch, listen to something else. But no, it's gynocentric. So all the women come together and go, we need this guy taken out. We need this guy canceled. We're going to destroy his livelihood because we don't agree with him. That is what's going on today. Very gynocentric. Mm-hmm. But it turns like a man show. You can't have a, like a male oriented show on network television. Mm-hmm. It would be toxic. It's a personal affront. That's actually kind of false. It's funny he mentioned man show. Do you guys remember the man show on Comedy Central? Adam Carolla, Jimmy Kimmel, before he became a sellout liberal. They had a man show. What was the show about? Stereotypical guy shit. Bitches jumping on trampolines, titties bouncing everywhere. Yeah, that was a thing on television. Not anymore. Feminism and women and regardless, it's just men being men. This is weird, right? I don't know where this idea came from that uh, in the past even couple of decades, which, you know, relative to... uh, a tortoise or a mayfly, you know, it, it, it varies how long a period of time that is. But in that period of time, we as humans were supposed to have physically and mentally evolved to this point where men don't still want to talk about tits and cars and lifestyle stuff yeah, right. and guns. bash each other. Guns, of course. Like we I think there are people that actually think we we have evolved out of that you know why because there's a lot of brainwashed a lot of men that are henpecked and they work in some terrible job where human resources breathing down their neck and they have (laughs) it sounds like my situation (laughs) oh god he just described my situation i don't think human resources will get involved in this situation that i'm dealing with but it you know whatever that's just funny to me though jesus neutered themselves and they put themselves in this position of like this sort of like non-man and yes you see what he just said they get themselves in a situation where human resources is constantly breathing down their necks 
and they have to neuter themselves. They have to not be a man, just be a male or be something, you know, it's, it's, it's bullshit. And it's true. It's happening today. How many times have I talked about guys like AJ's rants and reactions? He black guys like him who talk about why men ignore women at the workplace. This is one of the reasons it gets so bad. And I'll, and I'll put it to you like this. This is how situations happen. With the workplace, when this whole shit, the whole Me Too thing kicked off, or this person was harassing me, that person was harassing me, et cetera, et cetera, guys just said, all right, we're going to have our groups. This is our group of guys. And when they talk about guy shit at the workplace, well, whether it's cars, uh, whether it's sports, when a woman walks in, all those guys go silent. Because it takes that woman one second to hear something that she's uncomfortable with, she goes right to human resources. Non man. Yeah, and then because oh, of that, they they chastise other free men. Like, look at this. This is toxic masculinity in its finest form. And they say all these crazy things. Like, it can't be. You're, you're not free. It doesn't. It's funny how all these things. And I was trying to do an episode that didn't involve the red pill. It's funny how these two people are actually mentioning it without even saying it. Just think about that. And it's also equated somehow or another with cruelty, with being a bad person, yeah. with being a shitty person, just by joking around or doing the things that we like to talk, t- talking about the things that we like to talk about. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, I hear punching down a lot is yeah. a bad thing. That was and your whole show. Yeah, that was the entire <laughs> show. The entire 20 year history of the Open Anthony show. There was never a punch that got past the 180 yeah. degree mark. You, do, you guys don't get enough credit. I really I really say I say it every time there I can that you were the inspiration for podcasts there without it is. a doubt. It really is for what I I think for what Howard did for the the shock jock genre in radio, we kind of were right at that precipice of of radio and podcast. Yes. Uh, when, when Yeah, and that's that is the perfect explanation. Not to diss Howard Stern, but Howard Stern was the head of his thing. But it wasn't, it was nothing similar. I know they were going back and forth. They would steal bits from one another, which I think that shit is funny. That's funny as hell. But Howard really couldn't touch them two. And see, in any other situation, he could if they were in the same sort of space or in the same building. Oh, we don't want to work with those guys. We don't want those guys in our building. We don't want these guys in our event, which by the way, Howard Stern did that. All of those things. They took the quote unquote shock jock thing. And then they, they raised the bar by including comedians. They didn't need to fucking interview people every fucking day just to get people to listen. They could just sit around and talk shit all of the people that were involved, even just with segments, Bobo, uh, Stalker, Patty, um, what's the other one? What's the drunk? The, the woman. Um, Lady Die. All these people added on. And yeah, you can say, well, Stern had the whack pack. He had Beetlejuice and all these other people. But it's like, eh. Yeah. Opie and Anthony was a little bit more entertaining. 
that happen. And I think what we were doing was better suited to a podcast than it was a radio show. Yeah, I think so, uh, too. But it was a great radio show, yeah, too, though. Yeah, but it was a great radio show. It's just the, Absolutely. the problem is the suits. Yeah. The problem is not the content. There it the is. Was, did I mention that before? I think I did when I talked about the suits and how these people are so disconnected to the actual product. Um, look at Bud Light. Right. But Light thought, hey, we'll get Dylan Mulvaney to represent the transsexuals and people will still buy the beer. Wrong. It wasn't a person who's walking the streets every day. The people that work the nine to five, the people that are more connected and close to the people. It's the people that feel that they're above others. They're in an office. They're in their fancy business suits and pretty much calling the shots. They don't know about it. It's like, yo, comedy. These these cocksuckers don't know about comedy. Entertainment. These cocksuckers don't know about entertainment. They just know about wearing a suit and calling shots. And I don't have a problem with them. Just stay out of comedy. Stay out of business that doesn't that doesn't involve them. That's all my my whole issue is. I have the same issue at work. What are you people doing here? I'm already. I'm. I'm like. That's like my attitude. Like I already have things under control, right? I don't need a probation officer. I don't need someone breathing down my fucking neck. And if y'all feel that y'all need to do that in order for me to be a good worker, find somebody else. It's the problem is people go, hey, 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 you can't. This is uh, not like Meemaw. Did you just see what happened? Everyone was crying, laughing. That's yeah. entertainment. Yeah, and that's like, what they want. Yeah. That's it, it. It got to a point where early on, even when I got in, which was, again, late in the game, but early on in the 80s and 90s, all they gave a shit about were ratings. If you had ratings and you did something stupid, you'd get this uh, slap on the wrist in public and behind the door with the GM and the PD and all. You know, even guys like I remember listening to this uh, to this bit. It wasn't even a bit. It was a show about the FCC with Howard Stern. And it's not to say that I don't think it was a gimmick, but I do think they knew that they weren't doing nothing to Howard Stern and Howard Stern could use the FCC trying to attack him as a way of saying, Hey, I'm above the rest. That, that, that's a technique that works. That would be like, that would, that would almost be like, um, going to work and your boss doesn't like you, right? There's no reason that the boss doesn't like you. You show up to work on time. In fact, you show up to work like I do 15 to 30 minutes early. You do what you have to do, but you're not you're not there to really impress anybody. You're just there to do your job. And people just don't understand like, hey, don't bother him. He he actually works. Bother these other people who talk to you too fucking much, who don't do enough work. Right. But these bosses have such an ego. It's like, well, I want to be acknowledged when I walk into a room. Fuck you. You don't pay me to talk to you. You pay me to work for you. But because I'm a worker, I don't sit around and bullshit. I don't gossip about people. I just do my job and go home. In a lot of ways, these people can't really touch me. They can they can create a reason to get rid of me. Oh, you said something that was inappropriate. Okay, we gotta let you go. All right, fuck you guys. That's how. But then again, that's how I always was. My last job, I was the same way. The job before that, I'm the same way. If things go bad with this job, the next job, I'm gonna be the same way. That's just who I am. 
You're not going to force me to talk to people I don't want to talk to. I'm already working for people I don't want to work with. I don't want to I don't want to have to talk to them either. What the the other management people, they'd be like, oh, my God, that was great. Great job. Oh, look, take off a week paid. We'll say you're suspended. That's it. They really did this. <laughs> and we, we went through a few of those. And, and... Yo, he just pointed out what I pointed out in the very beginning about his situation with Opie in the Opie and Anthony show. They had gotten to a fight in one episode and that really that really was the beginning of the end the icing on the cake was anthony cumia doing what he did that night in new york in times square so opie was like well don't have to end things he's already done you know he didn't stand up for him he could have just said hey man this is something that you know we usually do on the radio. Let's just, you know, say that he's suspended for a time period and let him back in. And then, uh, but that, oh, I mean, Anthony's not that type of guy. He's not going to go on an apology tour. And this is another reason why I respect him. Fuck that. I said what I said. I stand on it. If you're offended, go somewhere else. I'm not apologizing. Turned into they really did get mad and they really started <laughs> suspending you without pay and firing you. And these were these suits, like you say, that just didn't understand the talent end of the business anymore. And, and when radio stations were owned by uh, mom and pop operations, we, we were at WAAF up in uh, Massachusetts and it was owned by Zappis Communications. I met Zappis. I met the guy. Uh, when we went to Infinity Broadcasting, there was no Mr. Infinity. There was Mel Carmazan, and there was all the suits from CBS. They got big. They and got real big. CBS has affiliates, and they also deal in laundry detergent with this subsidiary. Uh. And like, you say something, and baby diapers don't sell. Like, that's how, when it got really fucked up, and personalities weren't able to do what they do anymore because now you're fucking up their sales in the burger industry. And, you know, Zappis owned a fucking radio station. Yeah. And he loved when his radio station got ratings. That was all it was to it. Now, it's all a conglomerate of bullshit. Catch new episodes of the Joe Rogan Experience for free only on Spotify. Watch back catalog JRE videos on Spotify, including clips. Easily, seamlessly switch between video and audio experience. On Spotify, you can listen to the JRE in the background while using other apps and can... All right, that's enough plugging. I was, I was, yeah, that's enough plugging. Shout out to Joe Rogan, though. The Joe Rogan Experience. Of course, shout out to Anthony Cumia. Compound media. And yeah, that's 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 pretty much it. This is all I got. All right. <laughs> Energy wise, like this is all I got. My morale is low. Hopefully things will change in seven hours. If not, I might record again tomorrow morning. Same time, hour maximum. Who knows? But as I always say, in the meantime and in between time and until next time. Jersey Judah with another episode, another edition of the Crimson Capsule Chapel. Signing out. Peace.